This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio on 1160 AM, 103.1 FM, WMET, the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Radio. My name is Father Brian Nolan. I'm a priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are blessed today. Today's topic is From Baltimore to the Border, the story of Sister Liz Schoberg. She's a young daughter of charity who was a youth minister here, and she's now at the southernmost tip of Texas. So a special welcome, Sister Liz. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here and to be connected once again to the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Very special to me to be here. So literally, what we're going to do in the two segments, the first segment, we're going to do a little bit of your background of your story, because you weren't always, you weren't conceived and born as a daughter of charity in the womb. (laughs) You didn't come out with a habit on, and you were just a a regular person and serving the church and very active. Uh, So why don't we do a background? Where did you grow up? And uh, tell me a little bit of your backstory. So the the long and short of it is that my father was in the Air Force, and so we moved around quite a lot when I was young, never spent more than probably three years at any one place, and kind of settled in the D.C. metro area there in Virginia. And I went to the University of Mary Washington, which is about an hour and a half south of Washington, D.C., and I was a biology major there and had big dreams of curing cancer and dealing with infectious disease which is interesting given given our current times but yeah I had I had that trajectory and that path in mind for myself and actually met the sisters the daughters of charity when I was at Mary Washington did some service projects with them and ended up on a vocation retreat in Emmitsburg and it's just that that's kind of where it all started for me where I was starting to think about being a sister and toying with it and I always tell people I was more of a major in campus ministry than I was a major in biology. (laughs) So I was spending a lot of time uh, over there at the Catholic campus ministry and just growing in faith, learning to pray, being surrounded by solid friends who built me up and supporting each other during college. And so after that, I, I ended up doing a year of service with the Capuchin Franciscans. I was in upstate New York and doing retreats and confirmation, high school class retreats, service projects, things like that in upstate New York with, with CapCorps, the volunteer corps for the Capuchin Franciscans, and a real gift to me. And that's kind of how I ended up down in the Archdiocese of Baltimore and Pasadena. And that's where I met you, Father Brian. When I was thinking about what next, because I was still discerning and and asking God, what what do you want from me, and what's the next best step that I can take? And it's it seemed like, and mutually decided with the sisters to live in community with the daughters of charity, and to to work in a parish for a year, and just kind of continue to discern and have that experience of community life to see okay, now that I've I've prayed about it and thought about it and had so many good experiences, there's only so much you can do before you say, I got to take that next step and see 
and and live with the sisters and be with them day to day and see what their life is like from the inside. And it was such a, a beautiful experience to have that because I was doing ministry with, with youth and young adults and, and I had a gift with that and it was a joy. And at the same time, I was discerning with the sisters. And so that was the best of both worlds, if you ask me, because I can kind of toy and play with it and talk with the sisters and pray with them. And then at the same time, you know, do the practicals of paying off the rest of my debts and doing some good service work and doing the things that, that I had learned so well when I was in CAPCOR of how to run retreats, of how to tell your testimony, how to plan events. And those kids there inspired me. I don't know if they inspired you, Father Brian. I think they did. But <laughs> it was such a gift to be at the parish at St. Jane Francis and to get to know the spirit of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, which has such a strong youth ministry component and good staff and so many youth ministers who were mentors to me. And um, I was truly grateful for that time. And, you know, I I had to continue. I I felt like God was still calling me to take that next step uh, to become a postulant with the Daughters of Charity, which is like your first official year of, of being in formation and continuing to discern, you know, is God calling me specifically to be a daughter of charity? And that's where we, they came to Emmitsburg. They asked me if I would, would come to Emmitsburg and live in community and, and work at Seton Center Outreach, which is outreach that serves low-income families here in, in the Western Maryland area. And that was also a powerful experience to me of seeing the sisters in ministry and the way that they served people because anyone can do good for others. And that's great. And so many people do. And so many married people do wonderful ministry for others. And that's awesome. But I know that God, God made my heart in a specific way to, to love his people while I'm in community with other sisters who have given their whole lives to God and who realize that you you can't just do good for others and pat yourself on the back and say what a good person I am. No, like God calls us to serve others in a way that's really humble and to to realize that he put these people in our lives to to serve because our life is not for ourselves. And and that was a real gift. And I, I just realized, like, God made my heart to be a daughter of charity. One of the things that uh, sometimes when they think about religious life is sometimes it, it skims over really quickly to, and then I was the daughter of charity, and then I entered into it. Can you tell me more about just when you were a youth minister and just a young adult in the archdiocese, what were, what were kind of things that behind the scenes, like what was going through your mind and heart? What were your fears, concerns, anxieties, and how did the Lord use that that time, that time period? Sure. I I have the kind of personality where I want to be great at everything. And so, you know, growing up, it was getting all A's and playing piano and practicing for hours and, you know, um, perfecting certain skills. And, and, you know, why, why get a B plus when you can get an A, right? So, you know, I think one of the fears that I had about becoming a sister or even about discernment was that that I would fail in some way that, for example, like, oh, that 
that God would not would not call me and it would be something different and I would somehow have failed, right? That oh maybe I would join and then and then it wouldn't work out for whatever reason. And so I think that that the struggle for me was more about thinking that maybe I wasn't good enough or that God couldn't call me. And and I think that that God in a lot of ways had to break down that um that uh, fear within me so that I could be open. Yep. So for me, God had to break down that fear within me, the fear that I wouldn't be good enough or the fear that he would call me and then not, or that he would give me a vocation and then take it away kind of thing. And so he is working in my heart and introducing me to, to people, sisters in particular, who were normal, <laughs> for lack of a better word, who were funny and quirky and kind and and still very serious about about ministry and about working with the poor and and I think when I had those experiences of seeing people in need and knowing that I could do something about it it was it was like the answer to a question that I didn't know I had that there was something being added to my heart when I would be interacting with people in need and so that connection and and that I guess fulfillment is what kind of helped to break down some of those insecurities that I had. And so just like we tell other young people to be open and to to put their lives in God's hands, it's easy to say it's a lot harder to actually do it in practice and and that's where some of that wrestling comes into play where we have to really surrender to God in the unknown. Right. And there is something beautiful about even having holy patience to say there's kind of an unfolding of a vocation and through interactions, through you, like you can't skip the steps of your time with the Capuchins, you know, serving with other young adults and doing retreats. You can't skip the steps of being a youth minister and immersed in parish life. That all uh, prepared you for everything and, and how beautiful beautiful it is. Well, we were blessed to have Sister Liz Schoberg with us. In our second segment, this uh, topic of today is uh, from Baltimore to the border. And in our second segment, Sister Liz, talk a little bit about the work of the Daughters of Charity and really the Catholic presence down on the southernmost tip of the border. So obviously it's always very timely and, and the presence of Jesus and his love on, on the border is a great blessing. So we'll be back in a moment. Thank you so much. I'm Father Brian Nolan for Catholic Review Radio, and we'll be right back. The Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. When Archbishop William E. Lurie called on volunteers to help equip parishes to deal with mental health needs following the COVID-19 pandemic, lots of people stepped up. 
In the three months since the project was announced, more than 75 people have expressed interest. About half have already signed up for training, according to Mary Ellen Russell, Director of Community Affairs in the Archdiocesan Department of Communications. Russell, who serves on the Archdiocesan Mental Health Workgroup and heads the new project, called it a unique initiative. She noted that she knows of no other diocese attempting to reach out to help people affected by the pandemic. The new step is gathering people to be trained in mental health first aid so they can train others on the parish level to help in their own communities, Russell said. Instructors will be trained in the fall with pastor and parishioner instruction to follow. The work group has set up a list of mental wellness resources available on a webpage on the Archdiocesan website, www.archbalt.org forward slash help dash is dash here. Again, that's archbalt.org forward slash help dash is dash here. Caritas Italy announced the suspension of charitable activities in Afghanistan in the wake of the Taliban's takeover of the country. In a statement released August 15th, Caritas said the instability of the situation has led to the suspension of all activities and has increased fears of maintaining a presence in the future as well as for the safety of the few Christian Afghans in the country. For more on this story and others, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm Kevin Parks. With inviting surroundings, complete independence, and an unmatched quality of life, Mercy Ridge is the unparalleled choice for your retirement lifestyle. It's a way of living that promotes an active, healthier life. Located in Timonium, Maryland, Mercy Ridge Continuing Care Retirement Community features a beautifully landscaped 32-acre campus. The grounds, dining, and recreational amenities and residences are designed to provide a gracious lifestyle and a variety of exciting activities. Visit MercyRidge.com. Every child enters the world with limitless potential. Potential of mind. Potential of body. Potential of spirit. If there was only a place where that potential could be nurtured and challenged every day, where the limits of greatness, once unseen, could now be within reach. Catholic Schools Rise Above. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. My name is Father Brian Nolan. I'm a priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are blessed to have Sister Liz Schobert, a daughter of charity, with us. And the topic today is From Baltimore to the Border. So Sister Liz served as a youth minister in the Archdiocese of Baltimore at St. Jane Francis in Pasadena for some time, and then she we just heard in our first segment, we heard a little bit about her background and the discernment. And now we're talking about you went into seminary and let's talk a little bit about the whole mystery of uh, full disclosure. Yeah, I think God used me to bring you back, Sister Liz. I was like, I was working at Mount St. Mary's University. And why don't you tell a little bit of, about the story? It was, it was like, Sister Liz, how are you not serving in the Archdiocese of Baltimore and at Mount St. Mary's? Why don't you talk a little bit about the background of that? So I, yes, I was in, we call this it the seminary, but many communities call it novitiate. And so it's that time away for us. It's a year and a half of, of more focused formation, silence, study, that sort of thing. Learning about how to live as a daughter of charity in this world. Um, everything from our history to the vows to 
the specific virtues of the community. And I remember coming to Emmitsburg for our annual retreat, Eight Days of Silence, and I remember to talking to Father Brian. It wasn't during retreat, but it was on one of the ends <laughs> where I was saying, I don't know where they're going to send me next, and only God knows. And he said, well, why why not be at the Mount in campus ministry? And I said, <laughs> Father Brian, you were crazy. I don't have anything to do with this decision. So this, he said, you said, give me a name. And I did. <laughs> That's right. And I couldn't believe it when I got the call that the community had approved for me to come and do campus ministry at Mount St. Mary's in Emmitsburg because it was it was providential. It was you thinking, hey, why not do this? Who do I need to talk to? And <laughs> to me, it seemed like almost like a whim that you brought it up, but you were determined. <laughs> <laughs> well, to me, it, it runs into the question of providence because I remember we were looking to hire a position in campus ministry and we were looking at someone who was good with young adults, and we were like, wouldn't it be great if we had a religious sister here, too, with her young? So there was, like, multi-dimension. Like, you had those gifts. It was natural, and you were about to come out of seminary. And I remember saying, like, Sister Liz, I think this is God's will. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe uh, the Daughters of Charity have not figured it out, but it must be God's will. <laughs> we need to consider that this is a possibility of God's will of you being here. And it really was a beautiful time the way – really just your presence with college students. And in fact, we recently got together with a recent graduate who's now a religious sister with the Community of the Beatitudes, mm-hmm. uh, Sister Sam, uh, Samantha. And what a great blessing to see how sometimes it works with the providence of through working relationships and friendships and doing ministry in just some beautiful ways while you were here. So I, I count that as a grace, but I count mm-hmm. it as a prompting from God of saying, ask their superior to ask about Sister Liz coming here. And it was I was like, how can Mother Seton not want a daughter of charity at the Mount? <laughs> I remember that being seemed very inspired. <laughs> it was a great a, a great experience, and being at the Mount was such a gift to work with the young people there and do events and do location related things and retreats, and so it really did help me grow. And yeah, it stretched me a lot because I think you, Father Brian, are such a dreamer. And you would say, well, you know, what we should do we should do back from the dead. <laughs> a little we teaching the it. faith in the cemetery, yeah. <laughs> we we planned it, we worked on it, we had teams of young people to help us, and actors, and it was a lot of moving parts, and and that was just one example of the many where we were able to to carry off some really spectacular formation opportunities for young adults. And so I never take back that time. It was a wonderful experience. And I know it was hard to to leave when when the community asked if I would go study for a master's of social work. And although it was hard to leave, I know that God has his plans. And I I went on from there to study uh, social work at the master's level at uh, DePaul University and continued on from there to uh, St. Louis, where I, I worked as a social worker in residential care and working with some very challenging young people who had been experienced abuse and neglect at the hands of, of their loved ones, and and eventually also with young men who had some 
I guess you could say, law enforcement involvement and who had <laughs> been placed in residential care as an alternative to detention. And so, you know, being a therapist for for those young people who were suffering was another, I don't know, another unfolding of God's merciful plan for, for my life and for the lives of so many that I've been able to be graced to, to be in contact with. And you see how it all builds, right? And then, you know, then came the opportunity to go to the border, and that was a whole new challenge and a whole different culture and experience. And so I have been down in Brownsville, Texas for three years at this point at a social service agency of the Daughters of Charity. And I think one thing that that has become very clear to me is that the situation at the border is very complicated. We serve, our agency serves people who have have settled in the area, low-income families who need help with various things, many of whom are undocumented or who have family members who are undocumented, maybe one child or two children are, are citizens by birth, but nobody else, these blended families. And, and we work together with the other agencies in the area, including Catholic Charities, to serve the population of, of the lower Rio Grande Valley. And so our, our purpose is to do the long-term sustainable development and get families to a place where they can be self-sufficient on their own. And then you have, for example, the Refugee Center that deals more with the immediate emergent needs of those who have crossed the border. And often those folks are going to other destination cities where they maybe spend 72 hours, a few days in lower Rio Grande Valley, but they need help to get to where they're going. And so we kind of make sure that all of the the agencies and groups work together and try not to uh, duplicate services. But, you know, when we talk about the border, that often brings up a lot of issues or feelings or opinions about people, about how things are handled. And and what I will say is that it's really helped me to, to understand it from the inside that there's not just one solution and there's not just one way of looking at it. So, for example, there are people on our staff who work for our agency whose family members are part of Border Patrol or police or maybe work at the the welcoming centers or the detention centers in our area, and they put their lives on the line every day and sometimes at great peril. And so, you know, if you look at the border, you can't just say, well, everyone coming over is wonderful and they're just trying to flee from from difficult situations. And, and that's true for so many. But there are dangerous people also. And we can't say the opposite either, right, that that everyone who comes over the border is, is dangerous and a drug dealer and et cetera. There really are people that humanitarian help is what they really need. And they are fleeing from very dangerous situations. And so we we live in it every day. No matter what administration is in power, we're still serving and we realize that, that there are people in need who who are coming over the border right now, and then there are people who've been in our area, in the Rio Grande Valley for a long time, who are struggling. And so we don't ask for, for papers. We don't ask for information. We just serve. Now, for immigration services, we do have to ask for information. If people are on their way to citizenship, that's a different situation. But, you know, we we are here to help people 
and lift them out of poverty. And it's a great grace, and I believe it's a call that God has has for my life right now. And it's a grace that so many of good heart and a solid mind are are there to help those in need. And there is something to be said about the reality that, I mean, politicians and and lawmakers pass policies. You're the presence of Christ at the border, whatever the situations. And obviously, the number of, of poor and again, and can include both immigrants, uh, both legal and otherwise, refugee situations, and uh, the presence of Christ. Christ asks us to go everywhere, including the southernmost tip border of Texas. So what a great gift for the Daughters of Charity. I'd like to make a a pitch. Do you have any words to uh, any young women who are like, what am I doing with my life? Even just to be open to what is God calling them? What advice would you have for them? So my first thought is we have to work on our relationship with God. Number one, we'll never know what God's will is if we don't know God. And we have to be open to growing in prayer, to growing in, in virtue And that's not an easy thing because our plans, our ego, our life, we have maybe some certain ideas. And so to place that in God's hands and to watch for the ways that he's working. And whether that's in prayer, obviously, in our relationships, in our close friendships, who can say, yeah, I think this is a path that might work out for you. And to have those mentors who can be around you and walk with you in that process. Great. Well, great words. Talk to a spiritual director or or to someone who can guide you, a sister or a priest, just a mature, someone with spiritual maturity among the laity, including talking to your parents. So what a great blessing. Sister Liz Schoberg, there's so many other things we could have spoken about, but it's a blessing to have you. May many people respond to God's grace and promptings as you have, and may God bless you. Thank you for coming today. It's been wonderful to be here. I thank you so much for, for allowing me. And um, to all of you who are listening, please be assured of my prayers for you and your families and loved ones. I'm Father Brian Nolan for Catholic Review Radio. May God bless you. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.